0: welcome to chain out podcast episode four that's right we've got four ep well we'll have four episodes under our belt (laughs) after tonight hey daryl
1: i know yeah welcome
0: everybody i can't believe it we're making it to episode four
1: or you know it will be at we'll be at 10
0: oh that'll be great i think because it's episode four i should probably still introduce myself i'm jeremy and you are i'm daryl there you go so episode four, and another big thing for us starting uh, this week is we've actually got two of our first episodes, episodes one and two, yeah, wrapped up. They're up on YouTube. They're available to listen to. Yeah. Starting
1: to grow a bit of social media presence as well. I put another post up on Instagram today. Um, and, and another big milestone, like, uh, a big milestone for us. Um, we're only a, a, you know, a tiny podcast we've only just started but in episode one we talked about uh parked pro and their coverage of the uh canadian disc golf tour and they actually follow us on uh youtube so thank you to park pro for following us and they left a comment and uh yeah if you haven't checked out their coverage of the uh, canadian disc golf tour go and check them out i'll put their link in the description uh yes that was a bit of a nice surprise this week
0: well, and I think too, Daryl, like that's one of those things about doing the podcast is there's all these firsts for us. So that's like our first comment, and it's from somebody who, yeah. for us in the Canadian disc golf scene, is is a pretty yeah. big deal, right? Like they're the ones who yeah, do the absolutely. recording. They're the DGN of the North. So <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, that was a nice thing to wake up to and see that comment there. So we're and, we're, we're, we're we're spreading our wings. We're getting out there. Our reach is uh, growing far and wide
0: well that's it and the two of us we're pretty positive guys but i do know that we're also going to have some firsts we're not going to like so that first person who doesn't like us and throws a comment in, you guys suck or something like that right so <laughs> yeah
1: yeah don't worry i won't be bringing that i won't be bringing that comment forward maybe i will you know I, I embrace the negative as well as the positive it's all there i mean if it's a negative comment hopefully it's a bit more constructive than uh, you guys suck but you know hopefully it's uh you know, your camera sucks, which hopefully i fixed this week. I've got a new camera this week. So hopefully the, my picture looks a bit better this week. I've changed the headphones. So hopefully the audio is getting, yeah, we're just, we're just making it all around better every week. So stay tuned by episode 10.
0: We'll have this thing down and uh, hopefully we'll have some good content. There's that optimism coming through again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing too, is as we get that third episode up, We'll probably do – well, we've talked about this. We wanted to do a push-out to listeners and really try to get people going. So if you guys are listening to this episode, definitely tell your friends at this point because, you know, we've got four under our belt. We have no intention of stopping anytime soon here. And if somebody comes out and wants to start listening, then you can hopefully get them hooked on three, four of our episodes as opposed to listening to our – first one which we realized we were a little slow when we were talking
1: (laughs) a little slow and a little stiff (laughs) yeah and i think i think from my side i probably you know from um the chain out podcast side we haven't really promoted it like we've we've friended a few people and we've kind of put it out there to our friends and family sort of thing that we're doing this podcast but we haven't really uh you know spread the word and shared and, and kind of got on top of the social media. It's just, you know, people that uh, have found it, have probably found it because they follow my DJ disc Golf account and I right. liked posts from chain out. So it's kind of a, you know, a, a handshake process there, but once we, now that we've got three episodes and this will be the fourth one, now that we have some content out there, so that if anybody, like you said, if anybody wants to watch it, they can uh, stick through it have get their teeth into a couple episodes and then by that time we should have the ball rolling and be a bit more consistent
0: yes and and at this early stage as we said we're looking for positive feedback we're looking for constructive criticism i think is the way you term it right so (laughs) yeah so we're looking for that you know even too is all these new things for us we we messed around and created a different logo that we posted up and and, uh, you know, that may not be the permanent logo, but it's where we're starting. And we're happy with uh, with how it looks right now. And, and uh, yeah, who knows and what's next? That's the
1: other thing as well. We, we, you know, between you and I, we've gone through, this is probably our eighth or ninth edition of a, of a podcast that we've recorded through various different reasons. I think the first ones we figured they were too scripted. Then we've had audio and technical issues. We've had other issues that have prevented us putting out the episodes that we've recorded. So some of the things, you know, a little bit of an inside yeah. baseball, some of the things that we've said, we're probably sick and tired of saying because we've said <laughs> it so many times. <laughs> but, you know, from here on, we're we're hitting these new subjects, we're keeping it relevant to what we think, you know, is good at the time sort of thing. So um, yeah, well, any- where I was going with that.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say and anyone who's because you didn't mention this one, anyone who's going to try their hand at podcasting, there are some frustration points in it as well. And one of them is when you record one and you go, yes, that was a good episode and both of you are happy with it and you're ready to go. And it didn't record, even though it said it was
1: recording, it didn't record. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I was going to go is we've recorded so many. And like you say, we've updated the logo. There comes a point where you just have to kind of say, stop, let's just go for it. And it may change a week's time. It may change in six weeks time. It may never change again, but you can always you'll, you'll just be good at chasing your tail if you're if you're striving for perfection, you know. Just leave it as it is right now. We're going forward. Let's just see where it goes.
0: That's right. Yeah. Well, recording this uh, episode here, we're just entering into December now, and one of the things that came up that was new for both Daryl and I was we were on Facebook and we saw that uh, Jesse over at Trash Panda had put up his call out to anybody who wanted to participate in a used disk exchange and this was the first time I'd seen it I don't know if you'd seen it before Daryl if you saw it last year or no and uh, you know
1: you're the uh, the Facebook guru I kind of seen it on uh, uh, YouTube so I watched the video there and he explained it really good and uh, explained it really well should I say Um, and I thought it was a great idea Um, you know obviously all about recycling and reusing and reducing waste and things like that And for anybody that doesn't know, it's a kind of it's kind of a recycling program. It's not really that they're turning discs into something else, but it's recycling discs that maybe that you're not throwing in your bag. So it's 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 basically a, a a disc exchange.
0: Yes, and it's totally on brand for Trash Panda because the thing that Jesse's done is he's tried to take as well. Not tried to he is doing it. He's taking used plastic and then he's making discs out of it so i believe and uh you can fact check me if you like but his discs are all recycled plastic that he sells and uh, he's got two out at the moment he's got the inner core and then trash panda's also got the dune is the latest disc as well yeah Yeah.
1: and i know i have the dune and i think you have the inner core yes um but yeah i mean check him out on youtube because they have a lot of uh a lot of videos there about the process of how they uh they recycle the discs and, that. and not every disc they get is uh, able to be recycled some of them are uh you know beyond repair sort of thing or the wrong type of plastic but you know they uh, they find a way to reuse and, and uh re- reuse the discs or or change them into something you know
0: yeah and and his uh you know his little raccoon symbol that they've got as their Uh, logo is is pretty cool and we've got a couple we got minis actually at one of the tournaments we participated in you as the volunteer and me as a a player there and we got those um minis and they're quite nice too yeah that's that's kind of funny that you mentioned that because
1: so we should explain the program is basically you sign up for the program on his website um you volunteer to be a part of the program and then once you're registered you put down the area that you live in so that what happens is you get sent a name of another person that participated in the program and they try and align you with somebody in your area because you then have to take a disc that you don't throw anymore you know maybe it's beat up maybe it's just one that you've outgrown or you, you just don't you've got a new disc or whatever it might be that you have a disc in your bag and we've all got them the disc that we just don't throw anymore you're then responsible to take that disc package it up any way you you can Um, and a week later after you sign up you get the name of the the person that you want to send it to so you pop it in the mail um, and for every disc that you uh, you send or not every disc but once you sign up you get entered into a draw Uh, if you register your parcel so it's you have a tracking number then you get a bonus entry into the draw at the end of the uh, end of the uh, gift given season there.
0: Yes. And and to me, what it felt like was a little bit like a secret Santa. Like, um, yeah, you've got a disc or well, if you're like you and I, we've got a number of discs that don't always (laughs) make it to our bag, but have either been good discs for us or are good discs that we just don't throw at this time. So a lot of good candidates to put out there. So yeah, when you sign up and you put your name in, you can also put in what you're looking for. You could say, I'm looking Mm -hmm. for anything, or you could say, I'd really like uh, overstable fairway driver, whatever it is that you want. And then that information got sent So we signed up, we gave that information. And then as Daryl said, we got information from somebody else. So the person I got happened to be out in Saskatchewan. So one province over from where I am. And then the disc that I did get was uh, from someone over in British Columbia that came over this way. And now Jesse encouraged everybody to send one disc, but this is where I got a a little bit of thoughts and stuff. And I don't know. I don't think I'm an anxious person, Daryl. I don't think I got a lot of anxiety or those things. But what I started to see was some people were shipping right away. Like there was kind of that, you said one week deadline that uh, they said, let's try to get them shipped out so that they make sure they get there for Christmas, all of that type of stuff. And then I started to see people post on Facebook pictures of what they were sending. And it wasn't just one disc. They were sending like packs of four discs, five discs, (laughs) all of these things. And I go, Oh man, this is my first time participating. I, I hope I didn't do the wrong thing by sending a disc. I did put together a little bit of a package, but ultimately there was one disc in my package, plus some little stickers and goodies and that kind of thing. Um, But then it was nice because I did see some posts after that, that were talking about, this is what the program is. If you can do more, that's great. That's up to you. That's not what's required. It's about sending a disc and getting a disc. It's about writing a little card to the other person, maybe telling them a little bit about what that disc did for you. And, you know, just sharing the joy at, at Christmas and recycling discs, or not maybe a Christmas holiday season, whatever you want yeah. to call it. Right. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I, yeah. I think I should. I,
1: in the comments on the videos. They were mostly positive, but there were a few in there. And, you know, Jesse, you know, encourages people not to be a Scrooge, as he puts it, don't get Scrooge, where, you know, you're required to send a disc of a certain uh, type. So you have to send a premium disc. They don't want you sending, you know, throw something that you want that somebody else would want to throw. You're not you're not sending a, a dog toy. You're not sending a beat-up disc that you pulled out of the lake and it's chipped and, you know, it's not gr- not worth anything to anybody. So right. you're expected to be a good person and send a disc that maybe it's not in your bag because you don't throw it, but somebody else can get some use out of it and throw it as well. And, yeah, so I was a little bit sceptical to start with. I was thinking, you know what, how many times do you try and be a good person and then you, you kind of get spooged yourself, right? So... There was that little bit, with it being our first year doing it, it was a little bit of this, um, will I get one disc? Will I get a, you know, a base plastic DX putter that I don't, you know, no, never going to throw or whatever the case might be, right? So I was a little bit sceptical. Um, unfortunately for me, it happened, you know, if you've watched last week's episode, you know that I was getting over COVID. So the gift-giving time or the the, the window of opportunity for me to send was right when I had to quarantine at home. So. With that being said, when I did send off my disc, I only had a couple days, I wasn't feeling the greatest, but I knew I had to do it because I didn't want to let the the whole system down sort of thing. I didn't want the person on the other end thinking, where's my disc? Did I get scrooged? I didn't get anything. So I ended up sending a, uh, an RPM uh, putter that I got on a, a recent trilogy event that I went to, a three disc event by RPM Discs. Um, it's just a putter that I I would never throw. I don't, it doesn't feel good for me. So pretty much a brand new disc. I think I used it on that round, um, and then you mentioned about the uh, the Trash Panda Mini, the little raccoon. So right. I included one of those as well. So I got the the disc and the mini, and I sent that off. So yeah, that was uh, that's what I sent.
0: Well, that's all right. And for me, what I did was uh, my person was looking for what a, a few different things they had asked for. One of them was uh, stable to overstable. Uh, mid-range. And I had okay. a rock, but it was a Henna Bloomrose Tour Series rock. And it was a quite nice one. And again, like you, is that I had thrown it a few times, but I couldn't get it to do what I needed it to do. But it fit right. the category there. And I sent that off. And I also had a, a mini to send and just a couple little odds and, and ends of other things. And I was like, I hope that's that's good enough. And, and it feels like yeah. it was. And um, then you had mentioned to me that you got your package in the mail, and yeah, you you told me a little bit about that. Why don't you tell everybody what you got? When you we did not get screwed, yeah. so we should let everybody know. Jesse, it worked. The plan works up in Canada. We didn't get screwed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, we didn't get screwed. We can vouch for, vouch for that. Uh, that it works up here. Um, yeah. So. I won't give his full name but my my fellow disc golfer as he puts in his little letter like he did include a little letter in his uh in package which after i sent my discs i realized that i didn't send a letter explaining where the disc had come from or the background behind the disc like you said there you're encouraged to do that just to give some sort of background on the disc um but what he ended up sending me and as i opened it up i read his letter um the first disc so i'm giving a bit of a clue is that i got two discs
0: right. um
1: the first one so i asked for a uh, mid-range or a putter or a mid-range or a fairway like i didn't care understable overstable it was, i didn't want a high-speed driver and i'm pretty set on my bergs for my putters. so um the first one he sent to me was a nvp um uplink which is a Ooh. understable Um, you know, uh, mid-range. I do have an uplink. Um, He mentioned in his letter that uh, this is the uplink understable mid-range, which helped me with my forehand lines until I learned to throw forehand. So, you know, I never thought about throwing the uplink on a forehand. I have an uplink right now, which is understable. I have an A5, A3, a3. Help me out, Jeremy. A3. Yeah. I, always get, I always get those mixed up. A3 that we got from the uh, Edmonton Open, um, which is overstable. So I kind of have the two shot shapes um, just on my backhand. But I thought, I'd, yeah, that was nice to get a, an uplink. Um, and, you know, I'm looking at it there. He says that it helped him, use, uh, helped him uh, practice his uh, forehand throws. But looking at the disc, you know, there's a couple of scuff marks on it. But other than that, it looks like a, a very, you know, well looked after disc. For sure. And the second one he uh, included um, was a
0: Castaplas Falk. Oh, that's a nice one too.
1: Yeah. And he said in his letter uh, uh, the Falk for me was the straight flying fairway until I started to consistently flip it over, which I'm not complaining. I do have a Falk as well. Um, And for me, it is understable. So until I can uh, consistently get it to stand up fly and fly and then just with that little bit of fade at the end. Again, this is a, uh, a well-looked-after disc. A few more scuffs on it than the, uh, the, the uplink, but again, no major gouges or anything like that. It hasn't been beat up. It's a very well-looked-after disc. So I definitely didn't get scrooged, um, and I'm very grateful to Nathan for— uh, And then he ends his, ends his little letter with, uh, have fun hunting aces. Oh, so, I don't know if you're listening, Nathan, maybe you'll get out to you. Maybe it won't. But if you ever in years to come, if this ever reaches you, thank you for that letter. And thank you for the discs.
0: For sure. Well, and let me talk a little bit about mine is uh, so you hadn't announced or you, Oh, I'm almost showing it off there. You had told me that <laughs> you had gotten yours. And then the first thing I wanted to do was rush to the mailbox, <laughs> right? I haven't wanted to rush yeah. to my mailbox to check for something in a long time because it's you know if it's anything it's bills or junk mail most of the time so yeah so i went and the same day you got yours mine came in the mail as well so ethan from bc sent me a disc i had asked for a mid range or a fairway overstable that was kind of stable to overstable was what i was looking for and he came back to me with a lucid vandal from dynamic discs and nice that one there is a Speed 9, yeah, and it's a nice disc. It's in good shape. You know, again, like you said, there's a couple scuffs, but that's the, the discs are used. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a good-shaped used disc. And uh, what Ethan had said was it was his favorite furthest flyer for a while. He thinks it's an underrated mold that's great for beginners and advanced players. Now, the thing I'm interested in with this, Daryl, is that right behind mm-hmm. me up here, I also have a Vandal. Hello. This one is uh, Lucid as well, but I've thrown it a few times. Metal flakes. Yeah, metal flakes in there. I've thrown it a few times, and it didn't quite go the way I wanted to. So I'm interested because you know how different discs, different mold, even though it's the same disc, uh, depending on when it was run and what the plastic was, they might fly different. So I'm really interested to throw them both and see how it goes. Yeah. But my thought for you was I got two Vandals in my hand, you yeah. got two falks over there. We might be able to turn this use disk exchange one more step.
1: Yeah, take it to the next just push it that one step further. I like what you're what you're thinking. And also you make a great point. Like I have like my falk is um is the same K1 line. Same it's actually the same color. It's blue. It has a different stamp on it. But right. I didn't I didn't actually give that a thought. Um yeah, like you said, different plastic, different runs, different you know manufacturing times even whatever you know everything that goes into making a disc can uh, ver- have different variations on that and yeah i'd be interested to throw both side by side and see how they
0: flow fly. well one last thing about that too is being that they're slightly used discs um you know how many trees did ethan hit with this one and did he beat it in just to that right perfect level that this thing's gonna <laughs> fly straight as an arrow yeah. for me
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah that's interesting
0: for sure. Well, yeah. So anybody who's thinking about participating in Trash Panda, know that it was a good experience for both of us and that next year I'm sure I'll participate in it again. Um yeah. I might even start saving some discs in advance specifically for yeah. it. Um and yeah. it, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I know,
1: you know, through the through we have a whole year now that we know that it's coming up, you guys know, think some things to look for. Um and there's plenty of opportunities for us in the future here to to maybe go to some disk swaps yes you know swap some disks that we're not using right now maybe we get a disk that we pick up and we think that's going to be good um and maybe that disk turns into a, a future trash panda swap disk so
0: definitely yeah. And the last thing I was going to mention, too, is Jesse had asked us all at the beginning, would you be interested in doing another disc if somebody got Scrooged? So he's really looking, trying to look after. And I did sign up for that. So even if somebody didn't send you a disc, there are people out there who are willing to send to two, three, four people if necessary, just to make sure that this is a good experience all around. So thanks to Trash Panda. Thanks to Jesse for organizing it. I really enjoyed participating in it.
1: And on that note as well, in the comments on the YouTube video that I seen, somebody did say that they did get scrooged uh, scrooged. And he reached out to Jesse and Jesse sent him an inner core. So even if, you know, he I mean, I don't know which how many years ago that was or how long it's been running. Um, but yeah, even if even if the community, you know, as small as it was back then, maybe somebody else couldn't get a hold of the disk, maybe, you know, rather than leaving the guy in the lurch even Jesse stepped
0: up and uh, sent a disc out to the guy so yeah hats off to Jesse that's awesome well last week we talked a little bit well a lot of bit in episode 3 <laughs> about Gyro Palooza we showed off all our discs and yeah. and discussed that and then we also talked about how Simon's video showed the time lapse in there and uh, Because in his box he happened to have a time lapse But it wasn't the case that everybody did You didn't get one in yours I didn't get one in mine But we had other buddies get time lapses Yeah And then even too I just watched Simon's latest video Where he was throwing I don't know the guy But throwing with a guy named Mark And they opened up random boxes Right? (laughs) Yeah And and they they both both pulled out time lapses (laughs) Yeah (laughs) <laughs> so you know when i was thinking about that i said to myself you know what i deserve a time lapse as well <laughs> so <laughs> so i went out and i uh ordered up a time lapse and luckily right. enough it came in today so i'm nice. really happy about that and i wanted to show that off but i also wanted to say was uh you know, we talked about this in another episode. I give you way too much credit, Daryl, for your content creation background and all of that. <laughs> but the only reason that these four episodes now are out there is because of your talent and what you've done there. So I couldn't just order one time lapse, I had to order two time lapses. So I've got two here. One of them has got your name on it, but you got to decide which one. So, oh, don't put me that much under pressure. <laughs> Yeah, well, and you, you were the one who did all the well, research on the colors and stuff, I think, right? So you might know what they are based on color or? Well, I watched his video where he explained. Yeah, I can't quite remember. So
1: I guess, yeah, we we went to our local disc off shop to see if they had any because they were sold out online. Um, but they did have some in stock because their in-store stock is different to their online stock. That's right. Um, and then I seen them there. I thought, should I get one? Should I get one? I, I resisted because I figured that they might be too fast for me to throw. So I've kind of, <laughs> I kind of forgot about them for a while. So I don't know which ones are overstable or understable, but.
0: Well, you'll be able to find out if it's too fast to throw. You can choose from this nice looking oh, one. A nice little
1: bit of a, aqua blue. Yeah, turquoise and blue.
0: Yeah, with a bit of a darker blue, swirly pink type. Rim okay mainly blue yeah, there. Yeah. Or we've got a bright yellow. Wow. With a oh, blue look at that. and white swirl there on the rim. Blue and ice, yeah. Yeah. So which one's calling your name? <laughs> well, I feel bad because I don't deserve it.
1: <laughs> but you have two.
0: <laughs> you have two, so what are
1: you gonna do with the second one? I can't even say actually keep it as a what? spare.
0: What I'll tell you is maybe I can tell you where I bought it from. It was a buy one, get one free offer. So does that make you feel better about the situation?
1: I know. Sure, let's go with that. Yeah, if that's what helps you
0: sleep at night. But you think about it. Remember, yellow, white, and blue. Or the turquoise one. But either one has got your name on it.
1: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Although I I think that you should pick I think you should pick the one that you like, and then I will pick the one that's left over. Well you bought them.
0: We'll go out and throw them and whichever one goes on the line I wanted to. Let's (laughs) go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That's a that's a good deal. for sure. So yes, that was it. Gyropalooza. Time lapses. We'll have to do a review on one of the future podcasts, what we think of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We can uh well I don't know uh you know as we record this i don't know if you've had a chance to look outside in the last hour or two i have unfortunately we've been talking about it for a few weeks now but uh unfortunately the white stuff is uh showed up here so whether we can get out to a field or somewhere and and try them out you know anytime soon hopefully uh the white stuff doesn't stick around for too long maybe it'll maybe it'll go away for a day or two and we can get out and we can actually get out and throw them.
0: That's it. Or we'll just put some ribbons on and we can start the winter golfing process and and go from there. There you go. Now, the other thing too is, um, you've done a few videos on your DJ channel where you've done some videos of um, playing rounds of golf and, and trying out discs doing your first recorded round. I think maybe what we yeah. could do too is now that we've got all these gyro boxes and that's something that Simon's done. He's thrown a gyro box. We could try a round with just our gyro discs and maybe make sure that we throw everyone at least once, have that as a goal, yeah. maybe on a nice short nine hole or something like that and put the time lapse in there too. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Mm-hmm. I'm all, I'm always up for recording more content. And where do you want to move to next with the podcast? We have a couple other things to talk about. Yeah, um, let's go with. Uh, why don't we talk about
1: uh, the local course? Perfect. So
0: yeah, this week's local course that we're going to talk about is called Norwester, and yeah. it's located up surprise surprise in northwest edmonton
1: (laughs) (laughs) wonder where they came up with the name
0: yeah exactly well well it even goes a little further than that that they came up with the name because it's in a industrial park and it's in a little park area inside an industrial park and the park is called Norwester. so that's where the name of the golf course came So now this is a course that I've played judging from my, or looking at my Udisc stats, I've played it 18 times. And I think Uh, you've been out there a few. um, I want to say two or three. I don't know if I recorded every
1: round that I've played out there, but uh, um, yeah, I've been out there. I think I've been out there three times with three different uh, sets of friends that I've been out with. So um, Yeah, I don't have as much experience as, as what you have on it. So normally, when we do the uh, course reviews, you kind of lead in and then ask me my opinions. But I'm going to flip the script on you. I'm going to say, seeing as, as you have eighteen uh, rounds under your belt, there, let me know your thoughts on it. Give me a a a, a course breakdown.
0: Well, let me tell you. So with Nor with Norwester, the Edmonton Disc Golf Association (EDGA) has a league called the Norwester League. And that's how I played a lot of my rounds on that course, because I'm located up in a subdivision or sorry, a suburban area northwest of Edmonton. So that appealed to me because this league played at Norwester, it played at Langholm in St. Albert, it played at Kingswood in St. Albert, and then this year also played at uh, Niska as well, out in the kind of still north end of town. So that's why I was interested in playing in that league. And we got to play Norwester. And I was always intimidated by Rundle Park, which is that oldest course that's in the Edmonton area. And I had never played it. And I played Norwester before that. And I thought, no, Rundle's going to be way too hard for me. And then after talking to a lot of people, what I learned is Norwester is actually one of the toughest courses in a lot of people's minds in the Edmonton area, and especially for park style courses.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So when you go out to Norwester, it is in the middle of an industrial park, and it's a green space. I used to work in the area, and I would walk around it at lunch, and that was long before they ever turned put up baskets and turned it into disc golf. But it was such a great use because this park has a little baseball diamond in it and a bunch of green space and some trees, but it wasn't used for anything aside from people like myself going out at lunch and walking around now what they did with it is if you think about it there is a road that runs around the entire park and frames it in and that adds to some of the difficulty of it because what they did is they wanted to do the best they could to keep discs off of the road so this course has more mandos than any course that i've ever played (laughs) yeah (laughs) so and, and that's what i would tell you about it is it's nine holes but it's 18 because it's got two T pads. And the two T pads are different enough that it changes the course. Like when we talked about the hills, it has two T pads and it changes the course by what, 10 feet, 15 feet, and maybe just moves it to the left or to the right. It doesn't really um, add a lot of length to the course or change right. the difficulty. Where at Norwester, when you go to the second tee pad you could be throwing an extra 50 feet or in one case there's a hole where you're standing on the top of the hill for the front nine and you're throwing from this hill that's got to be 25 feet up in the air it feels like and you're throwing off of it and then when you come around and you play on the back nine you're actually down at the bottom of the hill and you're in this narrow tunnel with trees where there's a mando on the left and a mando on the right and that's for me, when I play that hole, my only goal is to try and throw through that mando. <laughs> I don't care where it goes after that because uh, that those mandos can be difficult. But yeah, uh, yeah so that's kind of a, a with Norwester. That's what you're going to find. You're going to go out there. It's in a park. It's got some tight lines that you've got to hit. Now, I don't mean tight by there's wood on both sides, just tight that you've got to make this mando. If you end up on the road, your are automatic OB. you got to pull it back from where you went out, take your stroke, and continue to play. As well, this course, it has all of the tea baskets, or sorry, all the baskets, maybe not all of them, but many of them are on berms. So they're on mm-hmm. these berms yeah. that always the way you're going to approach them too is that if you throw and you hit the basket and that thing drops down your disc drops and it doesn't land flat it's rolling and I've had a couple discs where I've thrown it hit the basket and it's rolled back further than I started and my next yeah. putt. so there yeah. is a lot of difficulties that come out of it that way too yeah <clears throat> I
1: don't agree with all your your comments um there's a couple of things that I would like to say um when you mentioned that there's there's dual tee pads, there there is dual teeing areas. We should specify oh, that they're not pads. That's where right. they are dirt, you know. Um I don't even remember is there I think there is little square concrete markers in the ground. That's but right. the times that I've played it, and it's funny that you mentioned about um uh, let me think one, two, three four five so seven yes where you're playing on on top of the uh, the hill um i've never played when i looked on u disc and when i'm looking on the ground for me it was hard to find which where this the alternate layout was okay. so if you've been there a few times or you've been there with somebody else who's going to take you around and show you where it is like i've never played on that lower portion through the the tight narrow gap that you're talking about so I think maybe I played nine holes each three uh, the three times that I've been there or maybe you know we kind of just made it up and, and teed off on the same tee pads as we went around the second time um so yeah they're dirt tee pads not not uh, concrete tee pads or turf or anything like that and like you said that it's, it's tricky because of the uh the tight fairways um some of the fairways the tree, as you have a tree line, like I'm thinking of hole two in particular, the yes. tree line on the left, there's 30, 25, 30 feet before you hit the road. And there there's always vehicles parked on the side of the road um, with trees on that right-hand side as well, like sporadic trees. There's a, a dense wood on the left with sporadic trees on the right. Um, and I find it hard because it's just a narrow course. It's some Most of the holes... I shouldn't say most the starting two holes after that three four five six seven eight is along the road as well and nine yes Uh, those are tricky holes because those are you know where the baskets are they're near the road so I believe eight has a mando on the short tee pad or the long tee pad where you have to go one side of the baseball diamond right
0: Yes, yeah, you're right. So Four. what it is is that's the back nine, and on eight, you end up having three mandos. You have a left right. mando and then two right mandos, right. yeah. So,
1: yeah, it's a, a a tricky course for that reason. It's a tight course in a in a tight area, but surprisingly more wide open than, say, Langholm. Right, Langholm is yes. a tight course on a tight area and it feels tight where when you're teeing off you've got to be watching out for this coming into the basket that you've just left whereas nor'wester seems to have a lot more area but yet tighter fairways
0: yes and also too as say. you mentioned there with the with the trees there's two specific areas that are very tightly wooded and as you said on hole two when you tee off there if you're throwing a back right-hand backhand throw and you put too much hyzer on it, you're going to end up in those trees, and then you're pretty much in jail. It's really difficult yeah. to throw out of them. In the fall or in the spring before the leaves have grown there, it's a little bit easier, but once the the leaves are on the trees, you're in there, it's tough to find. There's a lot of growth underground or on the mm-hmm. ground, that's going to hide your disc and it's going to be difficult. And then also too with this course, and we're going to be, it sounds like maybe we're not talking so highly of it, but there are just a lot of things that you need to know if you're going to go out to Norwest and right. play. So you, there are no signs. You've just got the, as you said, the concrete markers in the ground with a number written on them. And it is a dirt pad and those dirt pads are well used. So sometimes there's grooves, sometimes there's roots. That's what you got to be looking yeah for when you go out there, you need the UDIS gap. It's a must or someone who's played there before because there is no sign to tell you where the basket is. When you line up on hole one, you don't know where the basket is because you're throwing yeah. it up and over a hill and down to the other side. So there's a yeah. lot of things like that that just naturally make the course difficult, but can be fixed by signage by better tee pads um, that would help out a lot. But going back to the trees, there, another thing about this area, because it's an industrial area, and um, not really populated, there is a homeless population that does camp out in the summer and uh, area in those woods. So as well too, yeah. is that you can lose your disc in there, and you got to be cautious because you might be dropping your disc into a homeless encampment or something like that as well. So yeah, so. On
1: on a on a positive note, at the recent uh, we talked about it uh, either last episode or or episode one the uh, annual general meeting for EDGA there, one of their um, positive points and commitments that they're going forward to next year is, Norwester is on their uh, on their radar to clean up, whether yes. it be you know realigning the tea pads or um, installing signage or you know, cleaning up the fairways, cleaning up whatever needs to be done. And you know, is aware of the situation there. And, you know, there are steps in place to uh, to clean that area up. So that's a good thing.
0: Yes. Well, and I want to throw out some positives about the course as well. Um, but before I get to that, I got to give you one more thing to be aware of. When you head mm-hmm. out to holes three, four and five, they're more of a link style out and back. And you really have to be careful if someone's throwing teen off on four and you're teen off on three, discs are going back and forth towards each other. And then the same thing with five. So again, just something to be aware of. But once you clear three, four, and five, six, seven, eight, nine, there's no worries about discs coming at you. But things that I like about the course is I do appreciate the difficulty of it. It's something... To give yourself a challenge, you can head out there and try some different lines. Those mandos force those lines. And it is, even though it's nine holes, those extra tee pads or tee areas there for the back nine, they definitely change the course and make it feel like 18 holes and not that you're just playing the same nine holes twice. And yep. then uh, a third thing I'd say is that hole five, for example, both the front and the nine and then the back nine of it is a very long hole and it gives you a chance to really throw as much power as you have available to you on your disc and put it out there. So other courses that we've already talked about were shorter and whatever your longest disc was might overshoot the basket by 20-30 feet on, on a lot of the holes on those courses. But in this case here, I'm never getting to the basket, not yet at this point with yeah. throwing it, because it's a definitely over a 300 foot push, maybe 400 feet to get to the basket. So, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so those are things about Norwester that we can talk about. Again, if you decide to join, I know you had uh, not participated in any leagues this year, but if Norwester is one of the leagues that you're going to try, you're going to have to steel yourself and get ready to to get out there and. Fight yeah. That course, at least for a month.
1: Yeah, and I I think it's you know the way that you describe it, and I maybe it's uh, I don't want to say course prejudice or anything like that, but the couple times that I have played it, um, maybe it was just the fact that I played it with other people that we didn't know the course. Like I, the first time I played it, both of us never played the course before, so it was the blind leading the blind. Second time was with a new disc golfer. It was a lunchtime round um like you said i work in that area as well so we quickly went out there again it was me only having one time to play trying to show somebody who is new to disc golf around so we you know it was a bit you know try and tell somebody that they're gonna make a mando when they are not completely uh, uh sure on how they're throwing the discs in the first place it can take a long time to get around and then the third time uh there was three of us and again with another uh, a new disc golfer, just because it was in the area. So um, maybe I need to get out there again with you, or get out there with you, and uh, you can show me the the lines and the the extra eight, uh, extra nine T pads. And who knows? Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll rank it a little bit higher, giving you a little bit of a sneak peek there. But <laughs> speaking of rankings. <laughs> You, I think you should do the honours because I always go first, unless you've got anything else to say about it.
0: Well, I think the only other thing I'll say about Norwester at this point is it's also located close to Gander Disc Golf, which is our big true, um, yeah. disc golf store in Edmonton. And Calvin over there is always great to work with and has helped us out with a lot of discs here, including our Palooza boxes. So one of the nice things is if you're at Gander – and you want to throw that brand new disc that you've bought, Norwester is the place to go because it's right there. It's within a five minute drive at the worst on that. So that's something there. You had already mentioned it. Now this is, oh, you know what it was? Another good thing was their baskets. They've got nice baskets there. They're good disc catchers. um, And not like some of the other courses that we we are going to talk about where they're either old baskets or homemade baskets or whatever they are these ones are good quality baskets at Norwester. Yeah. So yes, so let's move on to ratings. Um, with this where were we at? Do you got let's do a refresher here. We both had Langholm as number 1. Correct? Uh, I have right. the Hills at number 2. I have Jubilee Park out in Spruce Grove as number 2 and then, then I've number versa. 3. Yeah. Okay, so now, Norwestern, you're putting me on the spot. Where is it going to go? Yeah. So when you, I, I, I'm
1: interested to know
0: now, when you're rating a course,
1: what are your thoughts? Are you just basing it on, do you like the course? Are you basing it on, are you taking into consideration tea pads, signage, baskets? Are you taking, where do you, where do you stand on how you rank a course?
0: Well, I think I'm just looking looked- at the
1: overall picture.
0: I think I flip-flopped a few times, but uh, some of it that I'm taking into consideration is definitely the amenities that are there. but okay. also the I do take into the fact the possibilities of the course and um, what can change about them. I also think about the number of rounds that I've played there and and whether I enjoyed those rounds. So whether the course is great or not, how did how did I like the rounds I played? <laughs> okay. Um, And also, I just try to think to myself, if I had a choice between this course and this course, which one would I go to? And I think that's really what puts me for the ultimate decision. So at
1: the end of the day, that's how we're ranking them, you know, at the ultimately at the end, when we have our 10, 12, 13, 20 courses ranked the number one course should be the course that we enjoy playing the most that we want to keep playing again and again and again. And the number, the last place course should be one of those courses
0: that we've played once, but thanks. You know, maybe not again. That's right. I I agree with you on that, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to shock you here. No, because with all of the discussion we've had. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to slot Norwester in, in my number two spot. So, okay, I'm gonna keep Langholm number one because I look at it and I know Langholm's closer to me, but I'm choice. Yeah, there is a hometown bias for sure because of the convenience <laughs> factor. And I know, and ace bias. A Langholm. <laughs> yes, ace bias for ace. Yep. <laughs> but I think what it is is that when I go out to Langholm, I can have a round where I'm working on stuff, I'm trying different things, and I'm enjoying that round. Going out to Norwester. I've been out there and we could save this story for another day, maybe when we have Mark on the podcast, but I've been out there when somebody's hit a vehicle and I've been part of the aftermath of that when the vehicle was hit and that wasn't fun. Yeah. Um, you know, searching for discs in the woods, not always, not always, a fun thing. that's part of disc golf, but I, I'm willing to do that, but I don't want to do that every round I go out there. Um, yeah. So, Yeah, but when I go to Norwester, yes, I would want to go there before I drive out to Jubilee, before I'd head down to the hills, even if they were closer to me. Well, maybe that's not it. Maybe if they were closer to me, that might be part of it now that I say it. See, now, so I would argue with
1: you're basing your opinion of these courses on where you live presently. And obviously maybe you don't have any plans to move, but let's say you move to a different area or you, your job relocates you or whatever the case may be, you're now closer to another course. So it shouldn't be based on the fact that you can go and grab your Starbucks and go to the, the course. <laughs> you're making a really good take, point here. <laughs> take, the, take the course, at, at, you know, on their own merit, forget where they're located distance wise if you could just be plumped on the course, which course would you enjoy playing and why?
0: Oh, all right. Well, you you go on that. Let, let me see if I move <laughs> it on a second because you've really given me something to think about because you're right. Yeah. If I just go convenience factor, it's going to be how close are you to my house?
1: Exactly. Yeah. No, I think. Okay, well, then if I'm going to rank Norwester, I mean, maybe maybe there's also a bit of negative bias on my side because I've only played it three times and I didn't have great experience playing it. Um, But I am going to keep Langholm at number one. I'm going to keep the hills at number two. Personally, for me, I'm going to keep Jubilee at three and I'm going to put Norwester at number four. Wow. It, it, it's it's based on, they're both nine whole courses, but I feel that because, because Jubilee is further away from me than Norwester. So it's further to yes. travel. So I'm taking travel out of the equation. Um, I just think that the conditions of the course, there are tee pads, there are signage, there are good baskets. Whether they're in the right locations or the right yardage markers and things like that, that's beside the point. But at least you have good footing for and off. Um, it's a it's a well laid out course for what it is at Jubilee, as we've discussed before. I think maybe I'm maybe I'm just saying Norwester is not great because it's hard. I don't think I'm saying that because there's other courses that we play that are harder, eighteen hole courses. Um, right, but the, the the negatives outweigh the positives for me at, at Norwester. I mean, who knows in the future once they get proper tee pads in and signage, and maybe clear up some some issues. But just the dangers of the road. I I know obviously if you're throwing, you know, we want to be that good of a disc golfer that OB doesn't come into play and you're not hitting the woods and you're landing in the fairway or you're landing three feet under the basket sort of thing. But you know that's not the world that we live in. Just having right. that. You know i don't mind other courses where you can go ob but to not just to eliminate the fact that if you do go OB, you run the risk of oh i cracked somebody's windshield or i dented their fender you're trying Mm -hmm. to locate them and tell you know things like that um the fact that you mentioned the homeless um community there obviously that's nobody's fault it's it is what it is it's uh, the world we live in um but with that side You know, with that area comes other negative factors that might be found in the woods as well and things like that. So for me, it's just I would rather not play that course. Right.
0: And you know what? I'm going to say you've sold me a bit. (laughs) I'm going to take the location out of it. And at that point there, I'm going to take Norwester and I'm going to drop it one more spot. So my new order will be Langholm Jubilee Norwester. The hills. hills. (laughs) Now, I will give you one reason because I know you've got a your home course, the hills. You've got a a spot close to your heart there for it. But for me, I think what the difference is is that if I have an errant shot at Norwester, I'm gonna hit a car. A car is pretty strong. (laughs) It's gonna my disc is gonna bounce off it. If I have an errant shot at the hills, I know where you're going. (laughs) <laughs> it's not it's gonna bounce off them, but it could do a lot more damage hitting a person. And I feel that those tight right. lines, I'd rather go onto a road and hit a car or hit a truck or something like that than hit a actual person. So I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna use as my deciding factor of why I'd prefer to play Norwester. Plus Norwester is gonna have the longer distance, all of the things that right. we talked about than the hills. But one of those things is I'd rather hit a car than hit a person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that I mean, that's a fair point.
0: So I guess that's it. I don't know if this was our best course review, but it's a tougher one to
1: do, right? And you know what? Like we said before, anybody listening, you know, we encourage people. It it only takes a few seconds, but please leave a comment. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're right. Tell us why we're wrong, because at the end of the day, these are just our reviews. These are our personal um, uh, preferences to the courses that we play. We're not right, we're not wrong, but everyone's got an opinion. So these are these are our opinions. That's why we're ranking them. And even after episode two, we were already out of sync rather than uh, it just shows that we don't have we don't agree on the courses. Um, but yeah, let us know what let let us know in the comments why Jeremy's wrong and I'm right. Yes.
0: Or sell <laughs> us on Norwester. If Norwester is your favorite, yeah, tell us what we missed. What what yeah. what are we missing that we should uh, be taken into consideration because maybe yeah. there's an adjustment later on down the road if somebody convinces us well enough. Absolutely. Tell me why Norwester is a better course than the hills. That's right. Okay, well, moving on, one of the other things, too, I think we've told people is that we play in the MA40 division for now, for at least a few more years. For now, yeah. Well, this year, this past year, there's a, a lady named Callie down in the U.S., who wanted to make sure she really enjoys the master's group. She's not in the master's age group, but she really appreciates it. Her dad's a master's disc golfer. Um, From what I've heard, I've heard her in a few interviews, and she really wanted to bring a master's tournament out to the people. So last year was the first year, and it was a really good success. She did a lot of courses down in the U.S., and she just announced this year that she's got her 2024 Masters Tour set. And she's got all the locations, all of the tournaments. And I was excited. Our buddy Marque was the first one to bring it to our attention. But there's going to be two Canadian stops on right. the Masters tour this year. Yeah. That's that's awesome news for us. Well, and even more awesome about the news for us is that those two stops are both in Western Canada. Yeah. So yeah. The first one that's going to be in Canada, not the first stop on the tour, but the first Canadian stop is going to be the BC Open down in Langley, uh, BC. Yeah. And and this past year, that one was uh, played. One of the courses was at Raptors Knoll, which is one of the best courses rated in, in Canada. And then the second one that's going to be in September will be at Falcon's Flight down in Sundry, Alberta. So that's even closer to us. Closer to us. Yeah. 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 Well, while you're mentioning uh, Raptors,
1: no, and we've already mentioned to them, I'll give them another shout out. We're just plugging everybody, but Parked Pro currently have the three or the, the, the three round coverage of uh, the BC Open from the Canadian Disc Golf Tour this year. So go check them out. Um, but yeah, having, you know, a, a, having two stops that close to us, um, you know, we haven't completely got our uh, tournament layout set yet but we've we've spoken about going to bc maybe on a, a trip to do a, an event out there mm-hmm. um but definitely um falcons uh falcons flight is definitely within reach um and i i'd even thought about maybe trying to get that one even when i heard uh, a few of i think tim plamondon and, and Kristen swirls i think they ended yes headed down there last year or this year sorry so That was definitely something that I thought, well, maybe that's somewhere I could do next year. But now that they have a master's division there, yeah, it would be
0: good to go and check out. I think it'd be great to go and see, and they're both A-tier tournaments, so they both give us decent master's points for however well we do in there. Um, For the people who were playing for money, the BC Open last year was a $5,000 payout and... Falcon's flight was $10,000, so they they actually have some pretty decent money for the pros. So I would expect that you might see some maybe people who used to be on the pro tour or are on the pro tour when they want to be, you know, the people who are in age-protected divisions but who can bounce back and forth as they please. Maybe some of them will come up, and you were talking about – the Parked Pro coverage of the last BC Open, I did just start to watch some of it. And one of the players who was on in round one on lead card was Carter Ahrens. Exactly. Yeah. And he's a young up and coming disc golfer. And I only watched about four or five holes so far. Right. Man, is that guy good, right? He plays well. So it's quite exciting to, to have that prospect of maybe getting to a tournament and we can play in that tournament And then when our rounds are done, we can go catch up on the pro rounds and see how they're doing. So the fact that this would be a master's tournament and they're probably running just their regular tournament as well. They had 600 people at the BC open registered for the tournament last year. It's probably just going to be, you know, maybe even 800 this year, who knows what it would be with that master's tour coming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see um, which events on the pro tour are, um, bookending these tournaments just to see what the chances of you know maybe not a a well-known pro tour player you know you're not going to get the big names coming up but like Carter Aaron's like you know one of the uh, the, the guys that are just um, you know playing it for more experience or um, you know just whatever for whatever reason they want to come up and play it's it's good for us to go and uh, see some some good quality pros play up up here in Canada.
0: Well, that's it. And even, yeah, our Canadian pros too, like Matt Virgidnik, Casey Hanemeyer, Thomas yeah. Gilbert, see them there. Maybe he Shantel there, Badinsky, yeah. who knows, yeah. right? Yeah, Noah Higgins, so.
1: yeah, everybody, yeah.
0: But uh, definitely that's now, I was thinking about it, but Langley is a 14-hour drive for us. It's only an hour and a half flight, but 13, 14 maybe in that area drive. I guess it depends how fast you drive and how good the roads are. But that's true, yeah. Hopefully but you get it straight uh, through. Yeah, it, it is a bit of a ways out there, but it's something that definitely is now more on my list to go check out. Right. Being that it's part of there, because if we ever really want to develop ourselves and get to a point where we're competing in the MP50 one day, this yeah. will give you a good chance of what we got to do to try and get there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I'm. I'm with you. It's definitely more, like you said, more on my radar now.
0: Cool. Well, moving along, you were telling me to get a couple of things prepared for a segment you've got planned. Yeah, just to kind of
1: take things a little bit more of a lighthearted approach here. We always uh, have hot takes on things, and we have good discussions on uh, different aspects of Canadian Pro Tour or the uh, or the uh, the Pro Tour down in the states. But inspired by um, some of the uh, the quizzes that. Uh, our fellow podcasters on uh, Griplocked you know they always kind of have a little uh, in the bag segment at the end of their their podcast there and I just thought uh, an idea came to me I don't know if they've already done it or something similar but it just came to me and I kind of mentioned it to you just kind of come up with some things of what would it be like if celebrities were disc golfers and obviously, we're not just talking, OK, well, we're going to get this guy because he can throw or Burt Kreischer, you know, he uh, you know, shows his interest in uh, in disc golfing. But I'll give you an example of what I meant. And I, obviously, I sent this to you before, but let's just say um, the, the pro wrestler, The Rock. What if he right. was really Dwayne The Rock 3 Johnson?
0: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then. The the other couple of examples I have is, is quite literally taking a name of a disc and inserting it into their name. So I think me and you both came up with River Phoenix. Yes, yes. And then I also I also came up with Dog the Bounty Hunter. Right. And so using <laughs> using the the uh, the disc names um, and trying to put them into celebrities names
0: to try and come up with a new uh, a disc golf um, pro. Well. You know, when I watched it on Griplock, when they do it, they kind of go back and forth and they yeah. put a list together and then they get their listeners to vote on who's got the better list. Is that what you're thinking? Oh, we can do that. I don't want to start taking ideas and copying
1: things that they've done. I mean, obviously, if it worked for them and we're not trying to compete with them or anything like that. But if we can do it once and if we get enough, uh, you know, people participating and voting or introducing their own uh, um lists then sure we can carry on and we'll come up with some other idea uh, it was just a maybe maybe it'll just be a one-time deal i don't know
0: well i'd like to think this from it daryl's when you put out good things um what do they say is imitation is the best is, form of flattery there you go so, so yeah. i think what we're doing is we're taking something that they may have thought of but we're putting our own spin on it and hopefully something they haven't thought of yet and uh there just you go yeah enjoying it so go okay. so how are we going to start this so
1: i've i know i said to you come up with five and then we'll hmm. give our top five list but i think i have i mean taking off maybe i had maybe 10 or 15 holy crow <laughs> so i mean i can i've I've got a few that i i've got in the bag like i know that i've got one that it's got two two names for one so i'll leave that one to last. that'll be my number one pick but i mean uh okay well
0: who do you want to start you why don't you start us off you lead us in
1: okay i'll start off so okay i'll start off with this one it's an american rapper back in the 90s kind of you know one of the uh the, i don't want to say the godfathers of rap or anything like that but definitely one of the forefathers like in in when hip-hop and raps first started right. so we've got ice T
0: bird oh nice <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome (laughs) all right well i I went with a little bit of a different spin i was hoping i can put a lot of my verbiage and preamble into it but i was saying what if axiom got chuck norris to star in a tv show and it was called walker hexis ranger (laughs) i like that that's good
1: (laughs) yeah that's awesome that's the type of thing that we were going for Yeah. Okay, I got another one for you. Okay. So so let's say, um, if you remember uh, Austin Powers. Of course I do, yep. Of course you remember Austin Powers and Dr. Evil. Well, Dr. Evil always used to have beside him, he used to have Mini-Me. Yes. Who was played played by Vern Destroyer. Maybe that one wasn't so uh, kind of a link there, but if you know his name is Vern Troyer, so I thought that would kind of work.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Well, you were talking about a double one. This one's going to be a bit of a stretch here, so I'm going to give you that. But this is this is my double one, and you may not know these discs, but they're they are discs. Trust me on this. Yeah, I believe you. Yeah. All right. So if mint discs. And RPM discs decided to do their version of speed, it would star Keanu Ruru Reeves <laughs> and Chandra Bullet.
1: <laughs> well, that's a that's a double wabby, that's good. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> I don't know. I'm just trying to think some of the shows that this actor has been in. Um, But let's say this actor, you can, he's a well-known actor, but I just can't think of anything that he's been in right now, but you can let me know. But let's just say he was sponsored by MVP. Okay. Maybe they might release the Alex Fire Baldwin.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I got okay. you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's good. I was say. Did you find as you were making these up, like you were like scouring disc names and?
1: <laughs> well, it's kind of yeah. I was. I just went on the website, looking down the list, and I, I go to Discmania, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to fit DD3 into uh, somebody's name or D one nope. or yeah. So there were a f- few manufacturers that I kind of uh, ignored right away.
0: Well, you know what? This one just came to me. You already told me the Dwayne Rock 3 John- Johnson. Maybe yeah. he would add that move into his wrestling and give the DD3. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> Instead, I think it was the DDT, wasn't it? Something like DDT, that. DDT, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So let's say Anova decides to make their version of Titanic. Rose yeah. would surely make enough room on that door at the end of the movie for Leonardo DiCaprio Toro.
1: <laughs> well that's funny you say that because um he the, the this actor that I know was in uh, a, a Guy Ritchie movie called Snatch. I don't know if you've yes. ever seen that movie. But there was a guy movie. in the movie called Frankie Fourfingers who was played by benicio del Toro. Oh well <laughs> so that was more of a literal name for me, but you, you said Toro, so that was good.
0: Well, I'm gonna have to you and I shared that one, so I'm gonna jump to this one. Let's say Axiom, okay. same actor. Let's say yeah. Axiom decided to uh, put him in Guardians their version of Guardians of the Galaxy as the collector. He might be Benicio detour oh <laughs> that's better. I like that one better. <laughs> That's
1: yeah, funny that we have that the, same guy, the same guy in two yeah. different ways, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Did you realize, like, did you notice Toro and just think, oh, straight name disc?
0: I did. I thought of that, but I was trying to put something different work, in there. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah.
1: Okay. I, I kind of went through MVP a lot, so I've got a few of those discs. Um, a great English actor. Okay. Very uh, well known for his Shakespeare and things like that, but also was in Hogwarts, up uh, in uh, Harry Potter. Yep. So if MVP sponsored this actor, you would have Zenith Branner. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> yes. Kenneth Branner. Yeah. Zenith. I Kenneth got him, Branagh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Here's my. Do you have any one. more left? I got one. Okay. More you got the last you. one. So if Castaplas was doing their version of Jurassic Park, there would be this kind of fancy scientist, and his name would be <laughs> Jeff Gouldbloom. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's, so, that's,
1: it's, that's, fun, it's funny, though, that we both looked through the lists, but we've come. there's a few that we've said the same, but I didn't even think of going down that road.
0: Oh yeah. There was, there were so many, yeah. as you said, though, uh, I had my family try to give me a hand with some, and as you said, just sticking right. the name in, it's like the horror movie creator, Wes Crave and right. Like there, things like there that. There you go. That so. could have been. Yeah. But.
1: Okay. So I'll give you a rundown on the on the last ones that I've got here. Some are great, but I'll save the best one for last. I think it's the best one. Cause there's two to her name, but I'll uh, in no particular order. Okay. Um, the achy breaky heart singer yes everybody knows him if he was sponsored by mvp you would have billy trace cyrus
0: <laughs> Nice. <laughs> i think That's now i'm one.
1: just putting the name in um i don't know what movies she's done but you could have Anneode hathaway
0: okay yeah yeah a lot of uh, rom-coms and stuff
1: <laughs> right yeah there you go um the the male lead in um, uh, the Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. Who who could ever forget Glittered Gear? Glitchered. <laughs> 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 that one is good. That's priceless. <laughs> good job. And then let's go across the pond again. An ex English Prime Minister, Theresa Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm gonna run through these now because i know it's getting uh painful um an american female comedian stabilizer schlesinger i don't uh, know what that heard? is no eliza eliza schlesinger okay yeah no good eliza, stabilizer uh another r&b singer avr kelly <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then a, a, a kind of a, a drop-in name. Um, I think she was in
0: La La Land, I think. Emma Keystone. Oh, that's a good one. No, that one, Keystone that's not in as there. much a drop-in. That was a good one. Good, well-crafted, right. well-played.
1: The one where, again, like River Phoenix, I didn't mention, but an English boxer, Tyson Fury. Right. Tyson Fury yep. by, uh, yeah. And then the last one where I came up with two for her name. So, she was in Alec McBeal. Okay. So, you, you've you heard of Ballista oh, Flockhart. Oh, yes. I know where you're going. Go for it. Do it. Yeah. I got ba- the of Ballista, Ballista Flockhart. Yeah. And then also, if she was sponsored by MVP, you would have Catalyst Flockhart.
0: Oh, nice work.
1: That Ballista
0: go. Flockhart, as soon as you went, I'm like, <laughs> that's perfect. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun, there you go. That was a good one.
1: Yeah, but it's something to end on, a bit lighthearted, a bit, uh, bit of fun that we can have at the end. There, Maybe we'll co- see if I can think of something that we can come up with next week.
0: Yeah, for sure. And if anybody's got a good combination, put it in the comments and uh, see if you – and if you like ours, let us know. Which one did you like the best? What was the one that made you yeah. laugh or put a smile Absolutely. on your face or yeah. made you groan? Exactly, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Well, I, I think that wraps us up for tonight. So yeah, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, do you want to shout out our socials a bit there?
1: Yes, we keep forgetting to do that. But I do have them on the end. Um, on Instagram, find us at chainow_podcast. underscore podcast. Starting to put a little bit more content up there now. But uh, we've got a few followers, um, started to follow a few more people. So it's like I said, spreading those wings. Mm-hmm. And then YouTube, TikTok. We're we're lacking on. We don't have any content on TikTok, but we will get something up there at some point. And uh, Twitter, we're not so great on either. But YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok uh, at Chain Out Podcast.
0: And then on Facebook, Chain Out Podcast as well. Perfect, and we'll put all the links in the descriptions. So with that, that brings us to the end. And Good I've episode, Jeremy. This- Yeah, good episode, Daryl. I've started this. I'm not gonna stop it. So, till next time. Chain out.